I hate that I have to come up with something every week. End the podcast. Um, now I have to come up with my thing at the beginning of the podcast. So oh, crap. We have to. <laughs> we have to I forgot we have to do the podcast. Did you stop again. recording? Did you no, stop of course recording? not. Okay, good, 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 good. Uh, I was about to, though. Okay. I almost can, hit it. We don't have to do it, doesn't have to be anything super long. We can do like. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? And then we can just give it a Welcome to the beginning of the podcast. Oh, sorry. You got it. Yeah, it's my, I have a show here. That How do we start around. this podcast? <laughs> Let's start at the very middle, the very best place to start. We'll end with the, we'll, the middle will be the end and we'll end with the beginning. We'll start two thirds of the way through the very best place to start. <laughs> That's what is that from? The Sound, Sound of, of Music. music? The sound is alive with the music. <laughs> the sound is alive with the hills of music. <laughs> sound of music, sound of music, sound of music, sound of music. It's like that. It's like that account that's like it's it's that account that's like the they say that when they say the name of the mm-hmm. of the movie we already done this bit they say the name of the movie in the movie oh yeah wow Maria I love the sound of your music <laughs> you are the sound of the music sound of you are the sound music. of music in me catch me if you can starring Robert De Niro hey kid it's me. Abigail, Abigail, Frank Abigail Jr. <laughs> I gotta tell you this. I gotta tell you this. Hold on. Right, We're starting wait, the podcast. Wait. Podcast is started. Ready? Oh, wait, no. Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that knows what makes that TED talk. It's your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. Dude, I I need to thank you for something. Okay. So I was playing one of those Wordle derivatives, you know? Quirtle. No, no, no. Quirtle is 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 one of the Wordle derivatives, but I was playing a different one that was called like Filmal or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Played, I, I haven't played the film one in a while because it was too easy. I usually oh, really? Them, I usually get them on the first scene. Yeah, it, well, oh, th- so this one, wasn't, uh, this one wasn't a scene. Okay. This one was just a, a frame. It was okay. one frame. What did it, yeah, what and it was <laughs> yeah it's the frame yeah that's it's oh. framed dot whatever yeah frame sure so this is yeah. my first time playing it yeah and i've never seen this movie in my life okay but it was a frame okay of a bunch laid out in a row like 20 30 of them a bunch of checks and i was like i know this one <laughs> i know this one ethan says this all the time and i was like it's country of your career and i was right and i was like yes I got it. What did you? Why do I always talk about Catch Me If You Can? What He's fudging checks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I do, I do say that, don't I? Yeah, it's always like I was I like went, I know exactly what this movie is. I went and rewatched that movie recently, and uh, <laughs> he doesn't. I I like my version of him. He's fudging checks a lot better than how Tom Hanks actually says it. Because um, he says it very calmly in the movie. Your, He's your son checks. Is, your son is fudging checks. <laughs> it's way better. <laughs> Slams so... open the door. He's fudging checks. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> He's fudging checks. My name's Kyle Hanratty. All right. Anyway, <laughs> I love that movie. It's so good. The music is great. There's the checks. I'm glad that I it helped you out. That's Definitely. really funny. Definitely. Oh gosh. What's going on? How are you? You doing well? 
I'm doing well. We had to cancel Kennywood Day, which stinks. Yeah, that's been so bummer. Yeah, a bunch of kids had to drop out. And Too hot. Kids drop out. No, no, no. Kids just didn't want to go. Hmm. So now I can't go to Kennywood. Have you seen? This is off topic, but have you seen the video of the British guy in his trash can? <laughs> <laughs> this is off topic. No, I haven't seen this. <laughs> There's this guy. It's hot. It's forty degrees Celsius, which is like a hundred and two degrees in. Oh, okay, uh, I have no. That, this is why Celsius right? is dumb because right, yeah. forty is hot. Whatever. Right. It's a hundred two degrees in England. This dude is sitting in his like really <laughs> plastic trash can, and uh, it's full of water. Yeah. And he's got his shirt off and he's holding a, like a margarita or something. And guy pulls up and he goes, "What are you doing in the bin?" And he goes, oh, "I can sit in my bin if I want to." And like they get in this argument <laughs> about whether or not he can sit in the bin. And the guy thinks he's like mad. He's like, "Who are you telling me that I can't sit in my bin?" So the guy gets out of the car, walks over to him, and he tries to get up, get out of the bin to fight him, uh-huh. but it falls over, and so he tops out of it, and then all the water comes rushing and <laughs> covers his whole body. I thought this it's happened one, in England. This happened in England. It's one of the funniest things that I've but ever. But the seen. water came rushing. Okay. Oh, but I was just I was saying that because I was wondering if Kennywood got canceled because of the heat, but it wasn't canceled because of the heat. But I was thinking of the the guy that fell out of his trash can <laughs> because of the heat. I love I love that I love that uh, that idea of oh they're they're gonna fight each other because there's a perceived slight. That's really funny. I could sit yes. in my, I could sit in my bin if I want what what mate. I could sit in my bin if I want to, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's and he, he looks like the kind of guy that would be in a bin, you know if you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, he's just kind of got that that attitude about him. I'm sorry that Kennywood Day was canceled. Um, what are you doing in Kennywood's stead? Nothing. Nothing. I can't come up with something that quick. We were Dang. supposed to leave tomorrow at ten. No, I just mean you. Like not. Oh, not what am teens. I doing? Like what are you doing? Yeah, I was like, what are you, my boss? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to go home at a reasonable time, nice. which is what I usually do. And I mean, that does mean that. I could stream tomorrow, but I don't have to if you don't want to because we already did Thursday stream. I got it. I got it locked down. Cool. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to watch the stream, baby. That's you should. Do. Yeah, you yeah should I'll watch, watch the stream. stream. Uh, no, you I'm going to play I'm gonna... Civ 4 again or should I do something else? I think you should play Civ 4 again. Did you I'm win? kind of in the... No, I haven't won yet. I, I need to finish my challenge. My yeah, you got to finish the challenge and then you got to edit it. Oh, you can't edit it into YouTube video because it sucked, right? Like the quality sucked? No, that was world, the World of Warcraft one. The World of Warcraft one was oh. really funny. But the quality was really bad. Um, but the Civ one was fine. The quality, yeah, because great, so. the uh, a a video that's like I Civ four, but it's Catholic. That would definitely it would do numbers. It would do numbers because that's right, the we'll that's see. the big thing on 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 gaming YouTube channels now is like I did this game, but I played it wrong. I think Whoopsies. that's always kind of been the the thing, like yeah. the whole the idea of speed running is that they're sure. play, playing the game wrong. You you're know? playing the game wrong, not playing it how intended. You're supposed to enjoy it, not count stress out about it yeah yeah count frames and and like and like talk with your friends about this one glitch they found and different strats to shave off time it's that owen cyclops tweet where it's like men so excited to relax when i get home also men boots up extremely stressful video game (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's pretty funny i well oh go ahead sorry I, i i solidified the rules for my pokemon nuzlocke oh good yeah, I don't want to do the normal Nuzlocke rules because they're not fun and they, I would for, for So people, I a lot of times when we're doing this podcast, I'm thinking about my wife and about how she just will zone out if we're talking about something that is just like, this is very clearly something that doesn't she would concern zone out her. About. Yeah. Probably like the, can you explain what the Nuzlocke is so that people kind of know 
what that oh, means. Oh, so uh, Pokemon is a game for children, okay, and gotcha, it's yeah. easy. So, like, the problem with Pokemon is that it's too easy. It is you very know? easy. Yeah. If you've played a Pokemon game once, you've played it a billion times, and you right. don't need the story. There's not really an interesting story anymore, and, and that's thing. You just thing. level up Bulbasaur, and you could beat all of them, regardless of what type they are. It's exactly, so Exactly, exactly. You just get Bulbasaur, and you just, just, you absolutely tank him, and then you just, you, yeah, you can, you can, you can basically win the entire game with your first Pokemon, so it's not very fun. Uh, so there are different ways to like people have hacked the game to to do a level curve where you have to get exponentially better, not just linearly better. Oh. Um, the, I, I'm thinking about playing that one, but that that would take a lot longer because they add elements to the story. Um, Emerald Kaizo is a popular Pokemon game um, where all the trainer battles are mandatory. And then uh, there's but there's another way to do it where you, it's called a Nuzlocke where uh, you add stakes. So your Pokemon, if your mm. Pokemon faints, if your Pokemon faints, it's dead. And you can't use it anymore. So you can't use Pokemon Center to revive your Pokemon after it dies. You gotta put. So in my in my Pokemon game, Pokemon is a game where you battle Pokemon against the other Pokemon. Yeah, but I think if, people know that. If the Pokemon loses all of its life points, heart, are, health are, points, health points, life it, points is Yu-Gi-Oh. I think. Oh really? Dude, yeah. I freaking love Yu-Gi-Oh. If I can get you, you strike me as a Yu-Gi-Oh guy. I was a Yu-Gi-Oh guy. I'm sure you were. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, take well, my Yu-Gi-Oh cards to Burger King after the new Shrek movie comes out. <laughs> Go to Universal Studios, my family. Watch Cartoon Network when I get home. Uh huh. Yeah. As opposed to drink the, Pepsi instead of yeah. drinking Coke at a at a McDonald's, going to Disney, watching with Disney your Channel, Pokemon and cards with your Pokemon uh, cards. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely was the second. The Inside second, of us, there are two wolves. Yeah. I and so the a way to make a Pokemon Nuzlocke, uh, Nuzlocke is like a way to make Pokemon harder. So you play, you play where you can't use a Pokemon after it faints, and then you uh you can only catch one Pokemon per route or whatever. But that's hard to keep track of, so I'm not gonna do that one. I'm just gonna say you can't catch the same Pokemon more than once. So we can't just like. If our if 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 Saint John the Pidgey faints and goes to heaven, uh, he where he will intercede for us. Um, we can't catch another Pidgey. So that's that's what we'll do. We'll we'll play. We'll and what we'll do is we'll get emotional attachments to Pokemon and we'll we'll try that's to desperately make sure they not. You know we'll get we'll get emotional attachments to Pixels and then we'll we'll name them all after Catholics and then. Yeah, it's gonna be great. When I when I get done with uh when I get done with Civ Four, I've got this other list of games that I played when I was young that I'm gonna start trying to to work through. You know, the Spyro game from McDonald's. The, no, more no. like Pajama Sam, Freddy Fish, Roller Coaster Tycoon, Lego Island 2, Sim Tower, Dude, Backyard Soccer. I bet I could find a copy heaters. of The Mystery of Veggie Island. Do you remember that game? The Mystery of Veggie Island? Yeah, VeggieTales came out with computer games. The- Did you know this? Hold on. The, the Mystery, Mystery of Veggie Island. Of Veggie Island. I'm... I'm on the edge of my seat. <gasps> <laughs> wow. This it's I've so never cool. how have I never heard of this? The veggies the plot. The veggies go to Veggie Island, a far out island in the ocean, where they practice earning their merit badges by helping others. However, their canoe gets lost at sea, straining them on the island. How will they get off? Find out in this PC game. It's Too many games game. are PC these days. <laughs> Um, oh, there's, I remember really just... when I remember my when, I remember when my VeggieTales games would just drop the R slur. No PC <laughs> games here. <laughs> Can we oh, say man. that? Is that funny? I, yeah, I mean, is this anything? Um, so I I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this on Steam tonight. Actually, is it on Steam? I don't know, but I'm gonna look it up. I don't think it's on Steam. I don't think it's on Steam either, but uh, you could probably find it though. 
Yeah, they've got... It's just a Flash game. The mystery of Veggie Island. The Veggie kids are going on a Cubs scout camping trip. Larry's in it. Larry's in the mix. Larry's in it. Bob's in it. Nebuchadnezzar's Bob's in, in it. Bob's in it, Jr. Mr. Lunt. Freaking dude, I remember, I remember burning hours away on that, on that, on that game, man. Dang, I was, like, I don't know how I missed this, dude. It's right, so we cool. Gotta, we gotta end the podcast because I gotta, I got stuff to do. Okay, <laughs> I gotta get right. to this Veggie Tile. Gotta get to this Veggie game. game. Yeah, so we'll play the mystery of Veggie Island. <laughs> oh, it'll be so fun. That, that's what we are. We're variety streamers. We're streaming as a meme. You know, yes. we're not. We're not like. We're not getting. We're not getting epic pog champ three sixty no scope Fortnite victory royales here. All right, we're we're playing not mystery yet. of veggie island. Not yet. We'll get there eventually, but we have to pay our dues first. We're gonna playing enter games. into a duos tournament with Jonathan Blevins. That would be actually so fun. We would be bad at it. I, yeah, I know that's why it would be fun because we'd be like, hey, can I get the slug? Do you know how long it'll take us to rank up to where John is at? <laughs> I probably way longer than I have or care to have. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we've already actually recorded the topic, so I'm going to edit it. It's going to sound really smooth. Wait, are you editing now? Well, I don't know. Regan might be editing. I might, I might edit this one just because it's confusing because <laughs> we recorded it. We did, we re- we recorded this episode like Christopher Nolan made memento backwards. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, thanks. And uh, so it's an exciting topic. I actually know what it is. And it's very interesting. So stay tuned for the next part of the podcast. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Okay. (laughs) This is the thing with intentional communities. People, we, we don't realize how hierarchy works. There are two kinds of hierarchies. There is this like de facto hierarchy and de jure hierarchy. And I have this theory that like one is more masculine Mm -hmm. and one is more feminine. (laughs) Right, like you forgot about DiGiorno hierarchy. DiGiorno <laughs> hierarchy. We've talked about this before. You've done this bit. You've I'm done sorry. this bit before. <laughs> sorry, this is the, my life is Groundhog Day. I'm in Poxatani, Pennsylvania, right now. I'm up. I'm Bill Murray. I'm up to my ears in groundhogs. All right. Uh, I this this ooh. you'll see men men tend to like create linear hierarchies, and the corruption of this is like it's a it's actually one two three four up down like the, the, it is it is. Um, there's like there's a guy in charge of a guy in charge of a guy and it goes from the top guy all the way to the bottom guy. It's it's mm-hmm. the Bill Gates hierarchy with it's like this big pyramid with Bill Gates on the top. It's very linear. Whereas like if you see um you ever been to a PTA meeting, Ethan? <laughs> I haven't. No. I was on the phone with a mom and she was like so and so, she's kind of our leader. You know, it's it's this the, recognizing that this this woman in an unofficial capacity is the leader of these other women, right? And this is right. kind of like a feminine thing, right? Women create groups and they they tend to recognize one as more in charge, and it's not really an official thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Men tend to like make Knights of Columbus councils with meetings and chairing grand knights and freaking costumes, you know, because we want to yeah, feel yeah, important. This is a tendency, right? It's not. It's not. It's not absolute. All all disclaimers. This is how, I don't know. If you if you look at how the how Christ organized the church, how the Holy Spirit organized her her church, his church, right? Um, you you have this like the bishop is the head of the diocese, and you have all these priests and these deacons, right? But like it's not priest, it's not bishop, priest, deacon, where the priests are all in charge of the deacons, right? Mm-hmm. It's this community of 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 men working in a vineyard, right, doing a job together, and mm-hmm. so the church, even though it, t- it has a masculine hierarchy. An all-male hierarchy takes on kind of a feminine organization mm-hmm. where these hidden power networks are a little more important, right? Like this priest 
has the ear of the bishop more than that priest. And right, that's a yeah. real that's a real power relationship even though it's not official. So yes. like there's there's an unhealthy there's a healthy way to handle that and an unhealthy way to handle that just like how there's a hierarchy up and down, a good way to do it and a bad way to do it. Uh, the bad way to do that would be to have like an inner circle that's unofficial and there's no check on it, right? Like there's mm -hmm. no way for the community to say, "Hey, stop doing that. That's bad." Um, so anyway, when people start these authentic communities, I have noticed there is a tendency mm -hmm. to do the the liberal thing, which is a masculine corruption of hierarchy, where it's like we're going to establish a leader, and they are in charge. Yeah, and it's usually the most charismatic guy in the room. <laughs> mm -hmm. And this this leader is like I'm the leader, I'm in charge, and they they are they're like handing down dictates, right? And like the there was a did you know there was an intentional community in Steubenville? I believe it. Isn't the isn't it the the charismatic one in the seventies oh, yeah, or whatever? Did I tell you about this already? Maybe I've read about it. Wasn't okay, Father it Michael was, Scanlon in the thing? He, it was called the community, which is like that's what people scary. are calling it here, which is weird. It's scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's it sounds like sounds like oh, this is just you know, La Cosa Nostra. It's just our little thing, you know. <laughs> uh -huh. Uh, but they they were they were uh, handing there. What I heard there was a rumor that they were, you know, demanding that people have more kids, right? Ooh. Which is a liberal form. Yeah, it's birth control. Ooh. It's like how is that? That's just birth control. But right. it's birth control in the other direction, in so it's reverse, okay, right? Yeah. right? And so this is this is the when we talk about intentional communities on the Discord, usually the discourse is, well, how do we stop this from corrupting into a liberal form? And it's like, yeah. That's the key, right? Because we've been grown up in this, and by mm -hmm. liberal, I mean modernist. By liberal, I mean classical. So in, in, in terms of like liberal, uh, we've been brought up in this liberal mode, and the only thing we can do is ape it and be, and be just less ambitious tyrants, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> We're a tyrant, but we stop at the neighborhood. We're basically just like the old church lady whose only thing is that she waters the plants and she's the head of the parish council. You mm -hmm. know, that's what, that's what these intentional communities can become. Yeah. And Brandon McGinley is actually in a similar situation. He's really? like, we have this Catholic neighborhood and it's a bunch of Catholics and we all hang out and we're getting to a point where we're so big. We're like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. what, what constitutes someone being a part of this community? Right. Like they, they, this guy lives down the street, but he doesn't like playing chess. So he doesn't come to chess nights. He doesn't come to poker nights. So, right. Is he a part of the community or not? And I was like, mm -hmm. yes, he is. He is. But yeah. You can't make it official. You can't make it a club. You it's can't not say a liberal this person, form. It's it's not a liberal form. Exactly. It's not a free association. The fact that he lives near you, right? It's like your community is like who lives near you, who is in right. your sphere, right? And who is out right outside of it. And you have to go love the people on the outside, right? And so the fact that he in fact the fact that he doesn't come to your things probably makes him more your neighbor. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you have to you have to, to love him more, right? Um mm -hmm. and so I think I think this is as as we explore this, and there's a lot of there's a, I, I keep hearing about this. There's a lot of Catholics doing this because we all recognize something's happening, and we all recognize that things are going poorly. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not just like ah, the freaking Democrats or the freaking Republicans are winning power and abort the court. And blah, blah, blah. Oh, the great do people reset. say abort the court. Oh yeah, that's like the that's, cool. that's like the the pro-abortion cry. Hold on, hold on. Eliminate the Senate. Eliminate the city. <laughs> All right. Discrepancy on. of the presidency. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I tried my best with that one. Defenestrate the magistrate. There it is. <laughs> throw, the, throw the magistrate out the window.
Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, two zero. Uh, I, I think as, as, as Catholics create these communities, like there's one, there's one in, in Atchison, Kansas, where Benedictine is. Mm-hmm. This kid just got a bunch of apartments at a discounted rate, and he got four apartments, two girls, two guys, and they're all living in, in like this intentional Catholic community in an apartment building. Great, nice. cool. That's awesome. As we go forward, we are going to run into problems. Mm-hmm. We are going to run into problems where, uh-oh, turns out uh, some of the guys were going over to the girls' apartments when they shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like, we're going we're gonna to run into problems where it's like, uh-oh, someone was using their social power in the community to uh, embezzle money when they, you know... <laughs> You know, like, oh, turns out that, you know, there were sinners in this place all, all along. Mm-hmm. And then the liberal form, the liberal form can't can't handle people that are are uh, are heretics. Right. The liberal form can't handle people that are that are sinners. They have to be expunged. They have to be expunged. And or it just means this was this entire thing was bad. Right. Mm. And so we need to be authentically Catholic about this and recognize that um, there are going to be sinners in our midst. And we are that sinner. And also that we can't just do checks and balances to make sure that sin can proliferate and not hurt us, which is a liberal form. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to make sure that it's in everyone's best interest to not sin against the community. That's not how that works. We need to actively work towards the virtue of the members of these communities Mm -hmm. and recognize that we're going to fail um, and that first comes virtue, then comes checks and balances, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, just as... I don't know if I'm going to join your intentional community, Ethan, oh, you, but you, you better, you freaking better. <laughs> I, I know that I want to be a part of one one day. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a tendency to be like, whenever I bring up stuff like this, like, well, what, what would happen if like, what would happen if, so like say the five founding families have like official status, right? And it's like, because you're, it's like some kind of aristocracy thing, right? Where it's like these, these guys, if we're, if there's a big, if there's a big decision in the community, these five families have veto power, whatever. Like that we, that, and it's because, and it's because like they hold sway. So if they don't want to do something, they're going to get enough people on board to not do it, that they might as well have veto power to save us all the trouble. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's say that exists. I, I, I floated that idea past Phoebe and she was like, well, what happens if one of those families is like, bad and i was like well then the community will have failed them grievously because they have not been helping them grow in virtue and they're refusing to call them out on it and punish them in any way you know yeah i don't know i think it just needs to be we 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 we're too smart for our own good you know like we just have to be dumber like we just have to <laughs> in like the the holy like donkey that brings jesus into jerusalem sense you know like yeah. we just need to be the donkey we need to wake up we need to go to work. 
We need to come home. We need to love our families and we need to find solace in our friends. And if we do that every day... Hey, that's from the wedding liturgy. Exactly. I just went to one last week and so I'm thinking about it. It's also a beautiful line that I think about all the time. Yeah, me too. If we do that every day and... I looked around, I looked around at you guys when he said that, when Father Anthony said uh, that. I was like, these are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and if we do that every day and on top of that, live out the, the works of mercy and understand that there are people who we're not going to be naturally inclined to spend time with, but we should still love them and reach out to yes. them and see how they're doing. And if you live on a small enough scale then having both of those things is possible without totally like ruining your life. You yes. Know? It's yeah. just, it's so overwhelming when you live in a city, when you're the only person that you know, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy hard to do that. But, you know, in a, in a community, the size of which that we're proposing it, it, in theory, it's like, and then not to say that all the problems go away, but you don't have to think about the problems of like governance and who's in charge and what do we do in this? If like, all you do is wake up, go to work, Go to mass, love your family, come home, find solace in your friends, love your neighbors, go to bed. You know, like if you yeah. just live that way, That's all you then, do. then it's, it is much simpler. And so, I don't know, it's, it's kind of complicated to just tell people who are concerned about the politics of like, just don't engage in the politics, but like, yeah. Cause it well, always, I think, I think it's that, I think politics, it's that the politics are simpler than you think. Yes, exactly. Right. The politics are simpler than you think. It's, politics it's, are, if I forget myself and love my neighbor it'll work out because all law we we worry so much about like well what if this human law is not perfect and it's like well guess what human law is not supposed to be perfect in fact every human law is abridgeable that's thomas mm -hmm. which is a nuts thing to say it's a you're a crazy boy <laughs> thomas aquinas is like every human law is abridgeable and your first thought is like what about murder thomas aquinas <laughs> but it's like that that's like that's if because it is a human law and it is a participation in the natural law that is like mm -hmm. a, and there's, it's a particular articulation of the natural law. That means it is not the natural law. The natural law can't be abridged, mm -hmm. but human law can be. So a human law, wherein there are five founding families of this community, uh -huh. yeah. and in order to, you know, in order to obey the fourth commandment of honor your mother and father, which extends to your community and your neighborhood and your, and your ancestors, right? we we have we've held on to this this law that says honor your mother and father we're gonna we'll hold on to this law that specifically says these families have this x xyz power mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden that law allows something unjust to proliferate okay mm. get like the law can be abridged right you know we exactly. we can say yeah. this isn't this is not this is no longer serving its purpose we mm -hmm. can get rid of it it doesn't actually matter what the governance of your community looks like as long as it is just <laughs> exactly that's a good point it can't be perfect and this is this is why this is why great the great ex american experiment rhetoric is so mind numbing for me because it's like <laughs> it's first of all i don't care if it's a new thing if the if the american system of governance is a new thing mm-hmm it it's never all, before been tried maybe that's for a reason for and it doesn't it doesn't matter to me and this is why when when people people get all up in arms about like oh this xyz is ruining our democracy like you know what honestly not my biggest problem right now my biggest problem right now is waking up going to work going home <laughs> loving my family you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh ex what what yeah, if people crazy. who it's like i i when i was when i was a kid it was like people who didn't own land didn't have the right to vote and now that I can vote, I'm like, lucky. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably fair. It's like, whatever. I don't, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's like, 
there's no there's no way to make a perfect we're trying what we're trying to do when we when we make human when we try to make human laws perfect is we're just trying to be god because only god can make perfect laws so when we try to make perfect laws we're trying to be god don't do that it's an interesting thing because in america like our federal laws hey i live there in our state laws (laughs) you can go all the way up and everything just like i asked a guy this once everything just stops at the constitution you know which is crazy because it's like it's just a paper that people wrote that people came up you can just scratch out parts of it and put in new parts this 23 year old guy named thomas sat down and 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 pulled an all-nighter and came up with this thing that we all argue about 267 years later I brought this up to the to the chair of Catholic studies at the University of Tulsa once because he was he's kind of a conservative. He's I would a constitutionalist. Say. He's like the Constitution is the second best document ever written. He something like that. He right after say, the Summa. He did say it was an extremely beautiful document, um, and it and it actually had a lot of good stuff in it. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But like, my question is, is like, why do we like why ought we respect it as Americans? You know, like everyone just says de facto respect the constitution like the constitution says or we can't change this because the constitution does this or this that this would go all the way back the supreme court whatever um but at the end of the day it's it's exactly the same thing it's like what is america but just a large collection community of communities you know and so there's no natural law inherent in the constitution um except for those tenets of natural law that it explicitly enumerates yeah, it, if, it, if it, it does, you know. it is a it is an attempt to the Constitution articulates attempts to, because it is a human law. It attempts to articulate yeah. the universal natural law, and it does so imperfectly because it is a human law. And so to to constantly like hammer out the the this is actually why proof texting the Bible is wrong is <laughs> because it's a. It's uh, well less so. Proof text. What's the, the Bible's catech- relationship to natural law? Ooh, this is a really good question. How much time you got? I don't know. I'm just thinking that we make this the topic and and then we splice it in into the middle and then we do our intro and then outro. I don't know if I can do that. Are it's, you sure? It's gonna break my brain, Patrick. This is so interesting. I don't want to stop and then have you repeat everything. That's that fair. You said, okay, you know. We'll be okay. Gosh, what's the Bible's relationship to natural law? Here's We're the thing. Professionals. I'm, I'm so, like, I, okay. Uh, I shouldn't have said the Bible. I shouldn't have said the Bible because it's divinely inspired. This is the, this is the problem. Oh, I love it when you sit oh, back in your chair. No, I've totally, I've totally got it. This Please. is the Bible's relationship to natural law. Okay, you know, what was, the, what was the Bible called by the Pharisees? Ethan, do you know the answer to this question? The scriptures. No. Oh, hold on. Let me try again. The Torah? Yes. And what does Torah mean? Torah means law. Yes. So the sacred scriptures, particularly which books, Ethan? The first five books. Yes. The first five books, otherwise known as the Pentateuch, were, were which called is Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and the fifth one. Uh, so Leviticus is Le- third. Leviticus but, yeah. is third. <laughs> Leviticus is third, Numbers, numbers Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, <laughs> You can tell because Deuteronomy means two, and it comes fifth. So that's Deuteronomos, the second law. Indeed, which is the second law after Leviticus, which is why it's placed after Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's worse? You know what's worse? Tell me, Patrick. It's actually the third law. <laughs> it's the third one. Why is it the third law? So the third law, the, the it's the third law because okay, Final so cast. this is 
This is the Bible cast, right? Okay, so according to a book that I have on my shelf, I just I just turned excitedly to my bookshelf. Uh, if you remember this from, uh, from your biblical hermeneutics class that you all uh-huh. took, yeah the 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 law given the law was given to Israel through Moses. Mm-hmm. So Moses was kind of like the Jewish Jesus. He was very important. He gave. Mm. He he was. This is why. This I'm is why. Sure like, Jesus was like the Jewish Moses. If we're really <laughs> Jesus is like the Christian Moses. <laughs> Jewish Jesus Je, Moses was so important because of this. Because yeah. he was the one who, like how Jesus led us out of sin, led. It was the, like a papal Moses. <laughs> sure. Sorry. He, I have anyway. I. Uh, Moses was the one who led the Israelites out of slavery. He's the mm-hmm. one who handed them the law, right? Like how Jesus is the one who led us out of slavery to sin and handed us handed us grace, right? So this is this the is these are the parallels. Law, the new law of grace. The law, new law of grace. So Boom. Moses brings the people to where? To Mount Sinai, right? And so God, what's the first thing that happens? He goes up the hill, goes up the mountain, and gets what? The tablets. Yes, he gets the tablets. The and who writes the tablets? God writes with his finger. Yes, God writes with his own finger. And what his does he say? Finger. What does he say he's going to? What does he say he's going to to make Israel? Uh, 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 oh, oh, hold Do on. Do you know this one? Uh, this is really is important. A, is it a kingdom of priests? It's ex- it's a kingdom of priests. Yeah. So there we he go. Says, you didn't think I would know that, did you? No, I did. I'm so happy that you did. So he he's like, I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests, and this is crazy because this is the first law that God gives. He's going to make them a kingdom of priests. He's going to say, you are all priests. You can all offer sacrifice in your own home to me. Which is kind of awesome. If you just pause there for a second, you think about how wild that would be. That's nuts. It's nuts. God's but then first what happens, plan. Patrick? They they uh they he goes use, down the mountain. They what does go, he find? Goes, goes down the mountain. He goes, oh gosh, they're worshiping a golden cow. They're worshiping a golden cow that they say, behold, this Israel, this is the God of Israel, the one who led you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses is pissed. He's like, this is awful. Are you kidding me? He throws the tablets on the ground and he breaks them. So the law that God wrote with His own finger has been broken by Israel, right? Busted Symbolically like broken by Israel. So then what does Moses do? He has to go back up the mountain. He goes back up the mountain and he rewrites the tablets. He rewrites the tablets. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that. Cool. Mm-hmm. He rewrites the tablets. So Moses yeah, goes up the mountain them. and rewrites the tablets and God says, okay, I am going to give you a new law. This is the second Sinai covenant. Nice. It's the Levitical covenant. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to make you the covenant Levi is go- the house of Levi is going to be the priests because they were the ones that remained faithful. Uh, they were the ones that massacred the idolaters, right? The Bible All kind 3, of hard sometimes. Yeah, three thousand people killed at the Golden Calf. Three thousand people converted at Pentecost. Pretty powerful. Pretty powerful stuff. So he says, "I'm going to make priests uh, out of Le- the Levites," and so. This is where Exodus ends and Leviticus starts. And if you've read, if you've done the Bible in a year, you know that Exodus is a narrative book. It goes through the story. And Leviticus is not a narrative book. It is a legal text. Um, And then Numbers is a narrative book. And the reason why it comes before Deuteronomy is because it explains why Deuteronomy is necessary. Why Deuteronomy exists, yes. It's the narrative book that sets the context for Deuteronomy. Yeah, and so the Levitical priests, they have the tabernacle. there's still some narrative stuff in Deuteronomy, which is a whole... Yeah, don't even get me started. It's fine. 
It's <laughs> Moses recaps the whole thing, and then anyway, yeah. so they go through the desert. Uh, Numbers is called uh, "Into the Desert" in in in, in the original Hebrew. That's it's way so cooler. cool, right? It's That's so way cool. cooler than. Do you numbers. know why we call it numbers? Because there's numbers, numbers in, the in the end. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> We're so, so lame. And uh, English is so desert. stupid. That's so powerful. So they go they go into the desert, into the wilderness of sin, right? And they they travel through, and they fall they fall ten times. They sin against God 10 different times. It's bad. And God says, okay. Um, oh, another thing. So the, originally in the first covenant, they were going to be able to worship wherever they wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Now they can worship wherever they want, but in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Okay, the so tabernacle that's a, can move. They set it up the, when, they, when yes. they're on the move following where God tells them to go. The tabernacle can move, but once you put it somewhere, it's fixed. You can only sacrifice in the tabernacle. You can't sacrifice anywhere you want. Um, and then in the... Um, after they fall over and over again in the num in in numbers, God has to Moses reintroduces uh, Moses reintroduces new laws. So Deuteronomy is Moses saying X Y Z. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. Um, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. So for instance, the famous one is that Moses allowed for divorce. Why? Out of the hardness of their hearts. Do you know, you know what that means? No, I don't know what the hardest of hearts means literally. Oh, the hardness of hearts. So, the do you know the reason why Moses allowed for divorce in Deuteronomy? Because of the hardness of hearts. Yes. Do you know what they were doing? It's really bad. So there was a practice of oh, because oh, they would because they would just he would kill the kill. They them. would just kill their yeah, wives. They would just kill them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they were so corrupted they would simply just kill their wives, right? If they wanted to get out of the so Moses was like, yes. stop killing the wives. Yeah, That's so I'm gonna bad. so. So here you have you have this law. He abridged the human law. He abridged he abridged the human law. He abridged an instantiation of the natural law. So uh, Thomas Aquinas, not Jefferson, talks about um, <laughs> uh, or called nor called Didymus. Uh, Thomas Aquinas talks about how the law of the Israelites was the only perfect human law. It was the only perfect human law because it was God writing a human law. So the first law was the only perfect human law? Or like when they say the law of the Israelites, do they mean the one that Moses copied down and brought down? Or this is the question. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure. Means. If okay. you wanna if you wanna pause and make Regan cut this part out, I can look up the exact quote. It looks like you're doing it anyway, so I don't I don't have much of a choice. <laughs> I didn't know this question was gonna get us into such wild territories but this is it's fun. cool you asked me what um scripture's relationship to divine yeah. law was and uh or natural law and here we are hours later so my 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 limited understanding of saint thomas when it comes to this is um that the my understanding of St. Thomas on the old law is that is, and this is, and you can correct my understanding, anyone who's out there. It's uh, what I'm looking at is, is question is the prima secundae um, or whatever it's called. The first part of the second part uh, question 98 about the old law. My understanding of Thomas's understanding of the old law is that the old law was perfect for those people at that time. It was the perfect, it was, it was, it was a, a God doing a human law, right? It's kind of incarnational. So, okay, which makes sense because Jesus is like the new the new law. law. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's God God becoming man in a sense. This is this is like the this is a combination of the new polity understanding of what God does in Revelation. It's like he kind of he condescends to us. He becomes like us. 
uh, God becomes like a human king. God becomes like a pagan God, right? Like he's like, I'm going to set up a system of sacrifice to me, mm-hmm. even though that's not something that I need. Sure. Right? He's like, do you, do you think that I eat the, do you think I drink the blood of goats? Like if I were hungry, right. I wouldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, he sets this up because this is how we understand power. This is how we understand law. We understand like the, the reason why God gave a law was because, well, the person who makes laws, the king, is a god in for every other pagan culture that the Jews came into contact, the Israelites came into contact with. And so mm-hmm. the Israelites were like, ah, yes, the person who gives law is God. And so this is the human tendency. And so God said, okay, fine, I will give a human law. I will give you a human law. And I think Thomas's understanding of the old law is that the old law was a perfect instantiation, human instantiation of the natural law for that people in that time. Mm. But if you were to try and do it, if you were to try and like reinstitute the old law now, now. it yeah. wouldn't make sense because we're a different people in a different time with a different, I mean, there's a different covenant too. That's important. So that that's the Bible's relationship to natural law is that... And when they say the old law, are they meaning like up to and including Deuteronomy? They mean up to and including, yeah, they mean up to and including Deuteronomy. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, huh. yeah. So, I forget what we were saying before that. Oh, so I was talking about the three different instances of the of the Mosaic Covenant and how they're mm-hmm. all different. They are all, uh, they're further and further away from the natural law proper, right? Like the Ten Commandments is, the Ten Commandments written in the hand of God is mm-hmm. quite possibly the closest you can get to a human a human uh, a human iteration a human uh, speaking the natural law like here are the 10 rules right like here's what natural law comprises in these things that's why the catechism when it teaches on morality mm-hmm. does so in the context of the natural law mm-hmm. but then you get further and further away now here's the hand now symbolically Moses is writing the 10 commandments and there's a bunch of other laws that God has Moses write as well and then Finally, okay, the, this, the, these people's hearts have become so far from God that Moses is just acting as the de facto head of the state, mm-hmm. quote unquote, or the head mm-hmm. of the, the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm going to articulate these laws. In fact, this was not lost on Machiavelli. Machiavelli used Moses as an example of a prince hmm. in, his, in his Machiavellian take on, on, authority, on power, how power is just used to manipulate. He, he saw that Moses was doing this and said, ah, yes, what Moses is doing is what a, what a prince does. And in a sense, he's not wrong. Moses is doing what a king does, but he's using his own judgment and it's scripture. So it's revealed and it's divinely inspired. Uh, so Machiavelli was wrong in that sense. Yeah. So that's the Bible's relationship with divine law. So then, well, so we're in the time of the church, right? Since yeah. Last I checked. Yeah. It's been, it's about noon. It's about <laughs> It's four o'clock. It's four o'clock. So we're in the, so we're, does that mean that the farther along we get in history, the further away we get from natural law that like even now being under the law of the church and the law of Christ in the, in the, in the freaking new covenant. um, Sure. Yeah. Are, are we further away or are we closer because we're actually, actually, in the time of fully revealed truth, you know, which mm. you can see from a lot of the, the things that John puts in his gospel, you know, it's like the, the sixth hour and the, the six, the six jar, jugs of, of water yeah. that turned into wine, like all these things of these that are reveal that we're in the time of prophecy. We're in the time of law now that is more true than the times before, or is it because we're so far away from the mountain 
that we're we don't have anything. I mean, because Bonaventure, what life has been pretty crazy for all of us the last couple of years. Yeah, things are things like are kind of wild. <laughs> Bonaventure, when he looks at history, I, I I reread chapter one of of Ratzinger's thesis on nice on Bonaventure's theology of history. He sees the 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 millennia leading up to Christ and the millennia leading after Christ as the Old and New Testaments, right? Because okay. like God God has this two acts of creation. He acts on his creation and then in his creation, right? He becomes his creation. Uh, and you have this big old bookmark right in the middle. This is mm-hmm. when God did the biggest, most like this is the, right at the beginning is when God did the first coolest thing ever. And then here's where he did the second, like the one of the more coolest things, you know? Um, and then at the end is going to be, it's going to be like, pretty, whoa, weird. that's pretty spectacular. Yeah. He calls all things himself, reveals everything anyway. So this, and, and he, he, he makes this point where it's like the beginning of the Bible is Genesis. The end of the Bible is the end of the world. So the Bible and the, the, this, the entire, the entirety of human history is incorporated mm-hmm. in scripture. Like the sure. entirety of human history is scripture. Mm-hmm. And so he has a pretty one-to-one <laughs> uh, de- description of, well, here's what the church looked like. Uh, here's what the churches look like for the past 1300 years for him. And, uh, here's what, here's what, here's what the kingdom of Israel looked like. Uh, and, and I, 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 I'm, I don't have the book with me, but from what I understand, right. It's like, well, the, uh, the church began in, uh, the church began in, um, human history began in a cave, right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a garden and, uh, Christ's (laughs) Christ begins in a cave in, uh, mm-hmm. in Bethlehem and in a garden, right? And then, you know, Noah goes out on the water and then the church is sent out in the, in 33 AD and they're baptizing everyone and Israel goes into the desert. And then in the first century, the fathers go into the desert, right? It's like, you have the time of the patriarchs, the beginning of, of the old Testament. You have the time of the church fathers at the beginning of church history, right? He kind of draws mm-hmm. a one-to-one and then he goes, it's kind of rad. I've never heard that before. That's awesome. Yeah. And then he goes, and then he goes, uh, he actually does it more specifically than, than I'm doing it. Um, I would he, hope so. he draws, he draws one-to-one comparisons with this King of Israel and this Pope. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and he's like, pretty soon there's probably going to be like, so we're experiencing right now the Davidic kingdom where there's Christendom is all united in the entire world is Christian. So that probably means we're going to hit the Babylonian captivity soon. And then, oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, no and, then and then 200 That's... years later, some little German monk writes a book called the Babylonian captivity of the church and starts no Protestantism. <laughs> way. That's yeah. wild. I have no... How could yeah. we have podcasted every week for six years and you've never told me about this? this because is the craziest because this thing is, I've ever heard. Because I'm because, a Bonaventure stand now. Well, here's Bonaventure says something incredible. He says, I am too close to my own time to understand the significance of my own time. What? For Bonaventure, he was born. I'm, I'm in lived, time. He was born, lived, and died in Christendom. He couldn't sure. imagine what the fall of Christendom would look like. Right. What do you mean Christendom's going to fall? Do you see that cathedral? It's gigantic. Who's going to take... There's like a billion of them all over the world. There's like, who's going to take those out, right? Um, he had no idea. No, no clue. Right? And so he, he, one of the points that he makes is the early, the early popes couldn't have known. Leo the Great couldn't have known that he was the new 
you know, mm-hmm. King so and so because he was too close to his own time. He couldn't he couldn't see the similarities because he did he couldn't step back and see the bigger picture. And so right. that's what the the people who've come before us have the responsibility of of informing us about our own time, and we have the resp- we have the important responsibility of of putting their their time in context. And um, yeah, so the <laughs> the reason I don't talk about this is because it can it can sound a little uh end of the worldy little yeah little hokey little yeah it's little, like little oh like, this is just like the time when you know the horsemen but, in revelation are actually soviet helicopters or whatever like some theory whatever. that someone yeah. has you know yeah and it's I always guess. something super specific and and it's like oh this is happening and but that's not entirely wrong no because in your life there's this bonaventure sees this this cycle of of you know the time of of the covenant of Adam into the covenant of Noah into Abraham and, and this this cycle right of mm-hmm. of a time of a time of great um, a time of great like closeness with God and following God and then even a time of breaking away and, and feeling far from God and then a return mm-hmm. and then a rebuilding and, and and an apotheosis of like a Christ entering in right mm-hmm. this is like the dark night of the senses the dark night of the soul sort of thing he sees this in 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 every person has this has this biblical cycle journey in mm-hmm. every um every nation every you know every like everyone has this is how this is how god writes history mm-hmm. and what we lose I, I i can't help but as we as we sit in our in our time period right um you know we're hanging our harps, right? We're like, ah, Jerusalem. If I if I forget thee, let my tongue cleave to my mouth and my right hand wither. You know, we're like, ah, Christendom. Could, I do be saying that a lot. You know, it's like, oh, I mean, so many Catholics do say this. What what? Remember when we used to hang our harps and and like sing about you know, that's that's in a psalm or something. You know, mm-hmm. They're they're hanging from the trees or whatever. And you know, it, it's funny because that psalm is like. If I ever, if I ever forget you, may my right hand wither. And what's one of the, what's the, what's the miracle that Jesus performs in Mark three? He heals a man with a withered hand. He heals hand. a man with a withered hand. Yeah, it's like they, they did forget him. They did forget mm-hmm. Jerusalem, and their right hand withered. Right, this is what happened with them. It's what happened with us. It's like, oh man, remember how great things used to be. That's the call of, that's the call of everyone right now. We're like, remember how great things used to be, and that's that's what I think the theology of history and Saint Bonaventure can teach us. Because mm-hmm. the point is not to be like. Because Bonaventure thought that the fall of Christendom, he thought the Babylonian captivity was probably going to happen in the next couple of years, like the next century or whatever. But it didn't. It happened years and years and years later, and it took a long time for it to fully collapse. And so like, he had no idea. In his defense, the fall of Jerusalem happened steadily and slowly in waves. Um, and so it didn't happen all at once. But the... Stuff like this, looking at looking at, at at scripture as if it's we say that we see. I'm sure you said this. Like scripture is a story that you enter into. It's not something you just read. It's something that you enter into. This is how we enter into it. We're we're living in a moment in history that reflects a moment in salvation history, and mm-hmm. we have to accept that and live our part. And we should be we should be reading the we should be reading Second Kings and Isaiah and Jeremiah, and we should be reading the prophets and and what did the prophets say? To the mm-hmm. people in, what did the prophets say to the people in Jerusalem? Hey, stop going after idols. I mean, they were just. I'm I'm sure I'm sure that that people in um the people in the Babylonian captivity, Jews in the Babylonian captivity, 
were saying the same things that we say now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, at least, <laughs> at least mm-hmm. we have our religious freedom. You know, at least we mm-hmm. can sing our psalms by the river. Um, right. You know, like the Babylon, the Babylon, the Babylonian empires. You know, it's here to stay. You know, we got to just make the best of it. Um, How long was well, the Babylonian exile? Uh, well, it depends on who you ask. Uh, but four hundred. Asking years. you. Four hundred ninety years, roughly. Okay, sure. Seven sevens. Seven sevens. You got it. Seventy seven. Okay. 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 Huh. Okay. Well, we passed that. So we did. Protestantism no, just, is gone. Is been here for longer than that. Protestantism has been around for longer than that. But at when when was the Maccabean revolt? <laughs> that I, that happened well after the Babylonian captivity. I would like to be in that part of history, please. <laughs> I, would, I would like to fight some people. That was after the temple was restored and the Greeks mm. uh, the Greeks came in and conquered and then they set up the desolating abomination in the mm. temple. Okay. Which well, historians maybe. think might have been a statue of Zeus. But, you know. <laughs> I could see that happening. There's a reason there's a reason why God doesn't and this is this is why this is I, I think we're going to understand the the narrative of of, of salvation history much more uh, in the next life, but I think, and this is this is this podcast took a weird turn. <laughs> it really did. Um, but I, I think it's it's good for us to understand the part that we play and lean into it and just be Daniel and be Rack Shack and Benny. Mm-hmm. Um, just be be those be those heroes of of, of Judaism and, and and not be the people that are willing to go along and get along and just worship Bell and and, and the and the the statue that Nebuchadnezzar puts up, right? Because right. it's like, well, you have to worship this thing if you want to live, right? And that, I mean, how many times have we been told that you have to do this if you want to survive? You have to do this non-Christian thing if you want to survive. And we're just like, well, you know, I'll do it, but I'll still have my faith privately and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. I Just lean into it and, and don't, don't get hung up on the numbers because you're right. It was 490 years, but I mean, come on. You're telling me no one in the past 490 years has been like, hey, Babylonian captivity and the fall of Christendom, kind of similar. Well, I guess we only have 57 years left to go. Like, God's smarter than that. He's not going to let us figure it out. Right. You know, <laughs> he's, he's going to be very, very sneaky, sneaky snake. He's you know? a sneaky guy. Uh, <laughs> as evidenced by his many, many times caught sneaking. Caught sneaking. This is, this is interesting. I'm going to have to think about this. I've been given a lot of content over the last couple of days that I just need to pray about, which is good because the Lord is inviting me back to prayer, which this is, is good. wonderful. That's cool. And I need you to know go. something wild, wild that I read on Twitter? Uh, yeah. The, someone said that the, uh, the theophany, the revelation of God to Moses on Mount Sinai and the revelation of God to Elijah on Mount Carmel and the transfiguration are the same cosmic event. Oh, Wow. That they were like, they were like, I think that I, this is my head cannon. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. apply, applying that word. But apparently, a church father did say this, which is crazy. That yeah. like, it's it's oh, it's uh, you know, because on the trans mount of transfiguration, Jesus is conversing with Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah, yeah. But and in those in those two events, God is conversing with Moses and Elijah. I'll show you my back, not my face, right? And so it's oh. like it's God reaching back. Is that history. the? Is that? Are you talking about the one where? with Moses where the ground turns into like sapphires and all that and they see like the heavenly feast or is that is it are you talking about a different time I'm talking like about the, a different time when, when the because there was one where Moses brought the elders up to the to the top of the mountain and then yeah. they saw they saw heaven but you're talking about a different thing talk about a different time what was what's this is, what's the other is this the time when he's of the burning bush no, 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 no. I think it's. I think it's Moses. They said. I think they said Moses on Mount Sinai. I think that's just like the reception of the of just the Ten when Commandments. He, when he got the Ten Commandments, and then yeah, and like, then Elijah when he's like, I'm going to show. I'm going to. I'm or or Moses when he said when God said, I, I can't show you my face, but I'll show you my back. I'll pass by him. I think that was Moses. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Elijah was the the earthquake and the fire and the, but God was not in the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be kind of wild if they're just standing there and they're like, "Gotta go get some rocks to bring down to the people," and I'm gonna I'm gonna hide here and think about mountains and stuff. And then all of a sudden, wham! They're two thousand years in the future, and they're like, "What are you wearing, Jesus? Is that are those are those is that cotton? What is that? What are you? Is it how is that, how is that made? It's crazy. That's crazy." You know, that was, is that guy Peter down there's making a tent? I've never seen a tent before in my life. Is that nylon? Whoa, where Whoa. am I right now? Is that a, is that a tri, is that a rayon tri cotton blend? <laughs> that shirt looks are so you, breathable. Hold on, James, John, it's me, Elijah. What what are what are those? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you guys, you guys attach you guys attach your carts to donkeys. That's so smart. Why haven't I a, thought of that? Is that a carabiner that you're using? <laughs> <laughs> is that a Nalgene water bottle? <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, that'd be pretty sweet. I th- I like that. If Elijah meets me one day and he thinks that joke was dumb, I will gladly accept my smack on the head from, uh, from Elijah. From Elijah, the grumpiest of the prophets. We should do patron of the week. Yes. And then we should do Doctor Ethan's Dana Corner, and then we should clap and then loop back around and do the the beginning of the podcast. Okay, <laughs> that's because really we funny. never did it. We never did the beginning of the podcast. We just went right into the topic, which we never do. But it was perfect because Patrick was on a roll, and you don't stop the man when he's on. You're a roll. right. You're right. I'm really glad you didn't stop me when I was on a roll because I was. That was, pro, a was a great. Time. I was like listening to it. I was like, this is this is nice. This will be a great for the patrons. And then we kept going, and I was like, no, this is a topic. We we can't get out of this. No, we're too deep. Patrick, every week we look at our Patreon. dot com slash the crunch to see. Who's new around Who's here? Who's new in the crew? So that we can shout them out and show them our appreciation and support for what they've been doing for us on Patreon.com. Do you have the, the patrons that have signed up in the last week? Yes. Thank you so much, patrons, for, uh, for joining. How many did we get? We, did we get six? No. Unfortunately, oh. we did not get six in three days, which is how much time we gave them. <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise. We didn't. Maybe uh, we, we got six. three new ones. Okay. Uh, we got three new patrons. How many How many patrons do we have total? I'm going to say the whole number. We have 88 now? Yeah. Heck yes. We've, okay, we've so lost we are, one since this morning when I checked. So whoever you are, sorry. I know what you did, but I love you. and it's hey, okay. I love you. We get it. We get it. Um, we, I, there is a promise on the Patreon page for when we hit 100. Which Do you remember what? this promise? What's the so promise? we made this promise years ago when oh, no. I would probably would have done something like this. But it's uh, we would we would do um, audio reflections on some of our favorite spiritual classics, which I would not be opposed to. I that sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like a yeah. lot of spiritual energy that I do not have right yes, now. Yes, that does sound like a lot of spiritual energy. We will consider it, but we're very close to 100. So we'll, do, to, we'll, we'll come up with something very cool and very rad that we will yeah, do. Yeah, see, when we made that promise, Hallow didn't exist. So right. take that, Hallow. That's true, yeah. Uh, um, maybe we could do, like, if we yeah. reach 100 subscribers or 100 patrons, then we, uh, then we do... A live show in the patron city of choice. <laughs> Patrick just looked at me with the biggest look of fear on his face that I've ever seen. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Gotta, hold on. Let me walk it back. You understand find... we have patrons in Guam and Canada, let, right? Let me think about something a bit simpler. Okay. If we get 100 patrons, P and Patrick, do you see who can eat a b- burger the fastest? <laughs> <laughs> We do Ethan and Pat burger contest. We ship burger, each other the burgers. <laughs> burger contest. We'll f- we'll figure something out. We'll, figure we'll, something we'll talk out. about it. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. Uh, thank you, Charles Langschwager, Julie uh, 
Sistress, I don't know if I said that right, and Sing for Joy for Sing joining for joy. our Patreon. We love it. I hope you guys are in the Discord already sending memes and talking about this week's podcast. Thank you for supporting us. If you think this podcast, if you think this podcast was worth $2, then support us on Patreon for uh, $10, $10 a month. That's about the price of a cup of coffee, and you can totally do it. Where is... If you can't if you can't support us on Patreon, that's totally fine. The best way, and I do mean this, the best way to support us for free is to go give us a five-star review on oh, iTunes. No. Guys, guys, it's it's seriously like the people uh when you when you look at a, a podcast, the first thing most people do is they go down and they go, Okay, what's many, the rating on this podcast? Have, yeah. How many reviews does this have? What's the rating? Right now we're at four point seven out of five. We yes. got dragged down by a bunch of bunch of uh Andrews. controversial reviews in the past we got people who were like these guys are too liberal these guys are too conservative we got people that are like these guys are eating their microphones and their audio is bad listen man that was 2018 we'll get over it uh so you can pull up our average a little bit a lot like an uber rating you got to have a 4.9 or a 5 if you want to pay to play so hop on over to itunes even if you haven't reviewed us before even if you don't want to leave a text review go give us a five-star review on itunes or spotify that's a super great way to help the podcast and who knows you could even get your review read on the crunch just like kmare 753 she's gonna get her her review read on the crunch fantastic really enjoy listening you guys are hilarious and i always learn something new god bless believe it or not tim apple called me the other day and said hey ethan i see how <laughs> your reviews are popping off right now i think i'm gonna send all of the people who reviewed a new iphone a new iphone <laughs> that's so, crazy so if you want to get a new iphone from tim apple you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify too, because he also looks. He has that that the data, so he'll, he'll get it get it to you. So, Ethan, uh, are you ready to go to the Doctor Ethan's dating corner? One hundred percent, without a doubt, I'm in. All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. <laughs> It's called communication, baby. You're in? Okay, great. I'm in. So we have only two Dr. Ethan's dating corners right now, so we need oh, some more dating questions. If you have a dating more. question, go to bit.ly slash crunch discord and submit your dating question in the dating questions channel. Boom. And we can we can answer your question. We do actually have a bunch of dating questions in the Discord. Uh, that's not on the Google form. So oh. we can... Um, yeah, we could go back and read yeah. some of those. Um, or you can go to... You can email us at uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, dear Dr. Ethan and Professor Patrick, uh, how do I decide whether to date or discern? Can they be compatible? Let's answer that question. <laughs> uh, dear Dr. Ethan, Professor Pat, I've been a huge fan of the freaking pod for a few years now. Y'all are hilarious and have definitely been a part of my growth as a young Catholic. Okay, nice. down to business. I, female, 18 years old, basically assume that I'm going to become a sister one day because hierarchically it's basically the coolest vocation and my prayer experiences have always pointed strongly towards joining religious life. That said, I've not really done anything to pursue visiting orders and whatnot, which I know is my bad. I'm young and scared of commitment. Okay, you're 18. Whoa, hold on. Hold on. You're 18. Give yourself a break. You just got to relax. You're like, you're like, oh man, I haven't, I've, I've, I haven't been doing my job. I'm supposed to be visiting religious orders. You couldn't actually visit religious orders last year because you were a child. So now you can because you're 18. 
<laughs> I don't think they'll let you stay overnight at a religious sister's house. And let, maybe they will. I don't know. No, there's, um, new, there's new laws that they came out that can't can't do that anymore. Can't do that anymore. Meanwhile, Allah's going to be rich. Meanwhile, a great Catholic dude, almost 18, call him whatever you like. What do we call him? Charles. Charles. Charles, 18, uh, almost 18. We've been friends for a long time. He unexpectedly asked me to go to coffee with him recently. <laughs> oh. It was unexpected for, for, for you only. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone, else. Everyone else knew. We're two dates in, and uh, I've got a lot of green flags. Oh, Ooh. baby. Woo. We, the NASCAR he was even aware I'm open to religious life and asked going. about that. I honestly responded, I don't know where I'm at in discernment. He basically said, let's be friends and see what happens. Nice, buddy. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I, I really respect that response, but I'm worried. I'm just open to dating him because it sounds fun. It's possible that I want to conveniently eliminate the possibility of marriage before I pursue my actual vocation. Another selfish reason, we're part of the same friend group. And I'm homeschooled, so I don't have any backup friend groups. So it would be hecking awkward if things didn't work out. <laughs> that all in mind, I just really don't want to date him if it's for the wrong reasons. He deserves so much better, but I'm still genuinely attracted to marriage. And I could see myself growing besides this person. Beside this person. Plus, uh, I view vocations not as a calling to marriage or religious life, so much as falling in love with a person or an order. At the moment, I found a person with whom to discern, but no immediate access to any orders. So should I date him while being open to religious life in the future if things don't work out? On top of all this, I'm going to college this fall that's 12 hours away from him and where I live. So we'd either have to maintain long distance or call things off in the fall. Should I avoid hurting him and myself by just calling things off now? Ultimately, I need to get my prayer life back on track and grow closer to Jesus in order to actually discern again. Can I wow. do this while dating or no? I'm guessing the answer is no, but y'all are welcome to roast my commitment issues. Uh, and any wisdom is greatly appreciated. Sorry this is so long. And huge congrats to you both on Baby Leo and Ethan the sequel. Woo! Thank you, Anonymous. Canonical name for my child. Um, for my boy. Can I can I just point out for a second that sure. we're getting dating corner questions now from people who are old enough to be in my young enough to be in my youth ministry? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's yeah. kind of cringe if you ask me. Kind of uh, kind of uh, kind of cringe. <laughs> not you. You're not cringe. We're yeah. cringe. We're cringe. <laughs> I'm cringe, but I'm free. <laughs> what's your What's your immediate reaction? My immediate reaction is you're thinking way too hard about if literally every aspect of this question. You are overcomplicating. Yeah. So you're too smart for your own good. You yes you you have watched too many YouTube videos about discernment. I ju can just tell by how you're talking about it. Nobody says that uh, religious life is hierarchically the best vocation unless they've overdosed on Catholic content. You know. Yes. Because first, because also, I just want to address that. It might be true in the objective sense, but it's also true that like being uh, martyred. Uh, is, is yeah, yeah than, that's a good example. Being yeah. martyred is better than you know dying of natural causes. But like that doesn't mean you should go out and just start ever stab me, K kill. I'm Christian. Kill me. You know, like don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's like, actually bad. It's actually wrong. That's probably presuming. Wouldn't, wouldn't count as martyrdom. But the, the, it, you, you said it at the end of your post. Like, just because uh, you need to... Um, let me back up. You said it at the end of your post that discerning with an individual and discerning with an individual order are the things to discern, not the vocation in general. You're not discerning yeah. marriage as a whole. You're not discerning religious life as a whole. You're discerning it with individual people and individual orders. So even to have this notion in your head that like one is better than the other is not going to help. It's a nice piece of trivia to make you feel holy and smart in Catholic conversations, but it's not practical in any way. It's not going to help you. 
because yeah. it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> it's yeah. just a fact about. The I will world. say. I will say that you can discern celibacy. That you can discern. Sure. But then you have to. For actually, I think it might be different for women. I think it is different for women. It's different for women. Yeah. Because you can discern celibacy as a man and be like, well, I guess I'm going to be celibate. Okay, cool. So do I become a priest or do I become just a religious brother or something? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it's not different for women. I have no idea. Uh, not a what woman. I was, what I, not a woman. I don't care what Matt Walsh says about me. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> that was funny. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> I think you're, you've already signed up for college, at least for one year. So yeah. go to college. I go to college like why you, if you hadn't signed up for college and you were just going to be working at and living at home and discerning religious life that would be one thing but you're going to college mm. so you're already committed you're very much committed for the next year to not go to a religious or like religious order you know because you're going to college so yeah and a lot of religious orders won't take you unless you have a degree anyway so. yeah so just go to college uh, I, I'm sure this boy is great dating as a freshman 12 hours away it's the track record is not strong. It's not Let's strong. Just say that. I it's used not... to give to my residents that were like they liked this girl fall semester of their freshman year. They liked yeah. this girl. She has a boyfriend back home. I would tell them, look, just wait, wait, wait till, wait. wait, wait, wait till after Thanksgiving break. It'll, you'll be fine, man. <laughs> you'll be able to shoot your shot next semester. Just give it a break. Give yeah, it a rest. Just, just wait. So I would say, maybe not necessarily like with this guy, but come to college with an open mind. Come to college with an open heart. Yes, get your prayer life back on track. The, the How your prayer life appears or what it seems to you is not a measure of how good your relationship is or how good your discernment is. God is going to put you where he needs to put you. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and it doesn't, uh, how much you're praying every day and how close to him you feel doesn't really have an effect yeah. on that. You know, you're going to need, you're, you're need to get your prayer life back on track when you're in the convent or when you're married. You're going to need mm-hmm. to get your prayer life back on track. You're going to be yeah. there so I'd say overall, life. overall, calm down and go to college, make friends, get involved in the things that you care about, the things that you mm-hmm. like, do well in your major. And I mean, be open to leaving if it's, if it's the right thing to do, but you know, I'll just put your head, not put your head down, but just live very simply. Wake up, put on a little makeup, join a household. You're obviously going to Franciscan. Is she going to Franciscan? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but it's like but it's like you're 18, doing great. An eighteen-year-old who says, "I'm discerning religious life. I need to get my prayer life back on track." They're probably going Franciscan. You're probably going to Franciscan. <laughs> Certainly not Christendom. Am I right? <laughs> hey, take that! Oh my gosh, I I made a joke. I you I you you remember when I hosted the talent show two years in a row? Only person to ever host the talent show two years in a row. Remember that? I I do believe it or not, I do remember that. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember when uh, Chris Stefanik came up to me and he was like, hey, good job. That was the best day of my life. <laughs> I, I unfollowed Chris Stefanik on Twitter today, just so you know. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Um, just thought that was I, I had a great, a great time. Uh, I made so many jokes at the expense of Benedictine just because it was funny. Sure. That so was like college rivalries, right? Someone yeah, yeah, came yeah. up to me the following week and they were very upset. They were like, I used to go to Benedictine. And I was like, oh, no way. Because I didn't realize why they were saying that. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, my, my sister-in-law goes there. And she was like, I, was, I didn't appreciate what you said about Benedict. And I was like, what did I say about Benedict? She was like, you, you joked about how it like, wasn't holy. And I was like, oh. Yeah, but, like, wasn't that funny? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that or was it a good school or something? I probably didn't say they weren't holy. I probably said, like, I don't know. But whatever. They, they that would, that, I, I would have I thought that was too far. Yeah, I get it. That happens a lot when you speak about something and then you make a joke 
or you do okay. a podcast, people come up to you and like that. That was a bit too far for me. I'm like, well, yeah, but, but wasn't it funny? What about, what about, what about the, oh, the other thousand kind of funny, right? That laughed at it. Come on, come on, come on. Thanks for, thanks for proving, uh, though. Thank you. Uh, discerning at 18. Um, thank you for proving that I'm not lying when I say that our demographics are 18 to 35 and not, uh, 25 to 35. <laughs> It's true. It it's crazy. It's crazy that people are graduating high school and listening to our podcast. We've captured the youth vote. We have indeed. We are. We are uh, pretty much hardcore in the Zoomer camp right now. Oh. Like that's where we're at. No. I know. I don't want to be a Zoomer groomer. No, dude. Th- think about it like this. Think about it like this. We have cornered the market on the Zoomers early. Okay, that's they're just the youth ministers have only now realized they're not talking to millennials anymore. They're only just realizing, going, hold on, wait a second, you guys aren't. You know, people at youth ministry conferences are still talking about millennials. Millennials, right? <laughs> that's really funny. The people, people these, think, yeah. In in six years, when these Zoomers have disposable income, who boy, we're gonna be raking it in. We're gonna be raking it <laughs> the in. The long con. We're gonna be like, we're gonna be like, oh yeah, sorry, we've been ministering to Gen Z for the last, uh, I don't know, like twelve years, and they're gonna be like, yes. how long? Like, aren't you twelve years old? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Thanks we, for being a part of the Crunch Media Empire. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Twitch.tv slash the Crunch Podcast. You can watch our VODs from our live streams. We're going to start working on getting those on YouTube and other platforms. Uh, it's a lot of work right now. But oh, man. We'll editing. I, I, I'm, I'm grinding. I'm editing. Grind, Got to grind out that editing. Got to grind out those edits. Ugh, every day. You got to work for it. You ready to work? <laughs> that's what the that's what the motivational speakers say to me on my Instagram reels when I go and look and try to understand that godforsaken app. Oh my gosh! No, it <laughs> sucks because you, you try to you try to grow a little bit on Instagram. Like you try to you like follow one account that talks about like here's some good real ideas, right? And then all all of everything on your Instagram page is like, do you want to grow on Instagram? Or like people are still doing this on Instagram and expecting it to work. I'm like, stop being so mean. Everyone's this is so fake. Mean. Everyone's stop so stop bragging about how you figured out the fake rules before everyone else did. Yeah. Those rules can be abridged. It's like Moses. It's anyway. human law. It's human law. We're on twitch.tv slash the crunch podcast. We stream Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, sometimes on Friday during the day, sometimes on Sunday during the day. We're still working it out. Uh, yeah. But we're streaming. If you, you want, if you want you to, if you, if you want to know when we're streaming, you follow us that you'll get a push notification. We'll try to update um, the schedule every week so that you yeah. know when it's We'll update happening. the schedule every week and we will be doing go live notifications on our Discord. So yes. if you want, if you want that, go to bit.ly slash crunch discord and you will be added to our Discord. If you're a patron, you should already be on there. You should have connected your account by now. And get in the Patreon chat where we are active, baby. If we, we talk get about 300 stuff. members in the Discord, not only will we make that Christmas EP that I said if we get 100 patrons, but we will also make a Thanksgiving EP. <laughs> <laughs> EP stands for Ethan and Pat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hey, Thanksgiving we'll Ethan do, and Pat. No, we'll dude, I've been big. saying this since our very first Christmas. We need to do... A Crunch Saves Christmas. Crunch. What is that? What the Crunch Saves Christmas? What does that mean? You can't just say that and expect everyone to know what we're what we're saving. The Crunch Saves Christmas is uh is a is a (laughs) it's a it's a Christmas special where you and I meet Santa Claus. Okay. And we kidnap him so that people stop uh, worshiping Santa Claus and go to mass instead. Okay. Save Christmas. That's a good idea. It's a twist on a classic. 
it's a twist on a classic. It's a great bit. Um, I'm I'm in. <laughs> the only thing that would hinder that is I will have a one month old at Christmas. Yeah, time. that's true. So any potential bits that we could do, we'd have to do in like October. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's that's what we'd have to record, and then we do all the ADR and the sorry, yeah, yeah, not the ADR, yeah. the foley. That's when you the do fo- little sound effects in a microphone. You play one of those. Have you seen? Have you ever seen like a cartoon organ? Yes, like a, have, like yeah, one of those sure. organs that like you you there's a bunch of buttons and like <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, whistles is what that. You're for. Yeah, whistles and like <laughs> honk horns and all that. Uh, horns. <laughs> I I can't. I don't know what the bit is, but it's a bit. Either it's a it's like a a, a boomer bit or like a trad bit where it's uh-huh. like I, a trad saying like we got we got to get organs back in the church <laughs> or it's uh-huh. like or it's like trad say can we get organ in the church and the and the boomer priest is like yeah sure I just got one and it's one of those <laughs> something like, something like that I don't know what the bit is but I'm workshopping it uh, bit.ly slash crunch discord if you want to help me with my tweets. <laughs> bit.ly slash crunch discord twitch.tv slash the crunch podcast twitter at the Crunchcast, and instagram also at the Crunchcast. check us out on all the places so you can see what we're doing we're trying to make fun stuff that is good and interesting for once yes so, we're trying we're trying to make stuff for you that will help you evangelize your friends that's what we're trying to do we're trying to make stuff that'll help you evangelize your friends yeah we're trying to make stuff that help you evangelize your friends we're trying to help you you know laugh share stuff that will make people laugh and go i didn't know catholics could be funny and we're trying yeah. to help you become better evangelists so that um so that you don't need to be like bringing people to your church to speak at them <laughs> to evangelize right. people you know right. you can just do it yourself and then uh your friends will be catholic and then their friends will become catholic and then you know They'll be Catholic. That's the God, that's the God that's save the, the Queen. Uh, thank you all for listening. Wait, I didn't even ask Patrick for a last thing. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Jesus Christ will return. On, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even finish that, and I figured that was blasphemous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Moses will return in Thor: Love and Thunder Two. <laughs> Jesus will return in Thor: Love and Thunder Five. That's really funny. Uh, uh, we can't say that. We can't. Say no, that we can't say sure, that for sure. It, say, say the thing again. Say the thing again. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? You either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become an Instagram influencer. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. Oh,